What's going on? And welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. The Pelicans come up with a big win last night in Oklahoma City to beat the Thunder 109 to 95. And with a Golden State Warriors loss, Pelicans now three games back of Golden State with nine to go. Keep in mind, the Pelicans still have three matchups with the Warriors beginning Monday and Tuesday inside the Smoothie King Center. But today we're going to focus mainly on Zion Williamson as he finished his 82nd career game last night with the Pelicans. Hard to believe. Of course, with the injuries last year and uh, with COVID and everything like that, game number 82 took place last night for Zion Williamson. Joining us today, senior NBA writer for ESPN's The Undefeated is Mark Spears, a friend of the program, as we talk about Zion Williamson this afternoon. Hello, Mark. Good to talk to you. How are you? Man, I could use a daiquiri right now. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, may- maybe some, I don't know, man. You know, when I get there, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big I know people like crawfish. I'm not a crawfish guy. I'm more of a boiled shrimp guy. Okay. So I could use okay. use some of that if you could. Uh, when you guys come out here, if you could bring me some, I appreciate it. I'll uh, see if Matt Ryan can send some your way. Unfortunately, we don't get to travel this year and see you guys uh, in the Bay Area. Oh but... man. I know. No, no radio. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be year. out there in May, though. I'm gonna be out there in May, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I get my fill. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, and I could use a daiquiri right now. That's for sure too. After uh, eight. Block back-to-back games, but the Pelicans go one and one. But today I want to focus with you on Zion Williamson in game number 82 last night. I think it's so significant because everyone has talked about Zion and how he has fared in his first 82 games. Look at last year with the injuries, only playing really in half the ball games, including the bubble. And then people are already trying to make comparisons with him. But I think at the age of 20, and he's only 82 games in, is it too early to, to figure anything out about Zion or, or what do we know? What do you know about Zion now through 82 games? I should ask. No, I, th- I think we figured out a lot. I, one thing I, I, the word that comes to mind is resilient. Like I, I thought he certainly had a, a frustrating rookie year. You're, you're talking about a guy who was the number one pick. A lot of expectations come with that. You know, myself working at ESPN, we, we put him on, on, you know, the Pelicans on TV a lot because of him, you know, opening day. Remember, they were uh, you guys were in Toronto last season, but he wasn't on the floor. And because of injury, he wasn't on the floor for much of the season. And it, it, it was interesting because and, and I know I'm going back, but his preseason was the best I've ever seen from a rookie. It's absolutely outstanding. I, I remember him, I believe, getting a shot blocked by Gobert and then dunking on him. I remember a, a, a monster game he had in Chicago. So I'm like, oh, wow, okay. He, he's going to hit those expectations his rookie year, and then he got hurt. Um, I did see his first game, and the, I'll, well, I think we'll always remember that back the fourth quarter, right, against the Spurs. In his, in his first game and, and just how, and this is, <laughs> Daniel, it's funny now, like pre-pandemic, man, and like, that was probably like the last electric game I went to with fans. For right? sure. When, when Zion, um, you know, made his debut in New, in New Orleans. I, I was at that game, but it was a wow, right? And, right. Uh, but, you know, I was also in the bubble and then he had a family situation that caused him to leave, which probably, cause his, you know, training not to be as good and his diet not to be as good, you know, and um, very disappointing, very disappointing. So I think 
coming into the season, man, it was just like, uh, it like the attention went in another direction, right? I mean, it, it, it started like Luka became a young guy to keep an eye on, right? And, and obviously the Lakers won, so there was an excitement there. And, and so, so I think a lot of the attention that was hand-delivered when he went into the league now has had gone away but now he deserves it. He, he's been absolutely outstanding he, he's not only met expectations i think he's exceeded expectations this is what i expected from him in the beginning and so you, you always have if there is any worry it's it's just a matter of his health and his you know physical shape and everything um which, you know, as a big guy myself <laughs> who who started this whole thing talking about food and alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> like who, who am I to say, right? But, uh, you know, to me, that's the, the only thing that I think is a opponent for him really now. So I think he'll continue to get better is, is just uh, health and, and, and condition. Has there been anything that surprised you about his game? You know, talk about unleashing Point Zion here at the beginning of the season. And since then, with him being the ball handler, I know yeah. some people forget that he was a point guard uh, pretty much all through high school. Uh, and then yeah. with his size, really didn't have to be that guy, but has been a facilitator for most of his basketball career heading to the NBA. Is there anything about his game that you've seen this year that has surprised you a little bit? Yeah, you know, um, I did wonder that at six seven, and okay, he might not be quite six seven, right? If perhaps even with that that extraordinary leaping ability, um, could the size that's in the NBA bother him? The trees, the the height, the athleticism that could counter his athleticism. Being that he he's not uh, uh, a skyscraper from a height standpoint, could that potentially affect him? And then you see that he's averaging sixty one percent from the field, which is to me just absolutely bonkers <laughs> to have that that kind of field goal percentage. I, I'm not sure at the top of my head where that ranks in the league, but I'm guessing it's got to be top five, right? Um, right. And uh, so his ability to, he, you know, he reminds me of his Fred Flintstone. <laughs> and what, what I mean by that is, did you, did you ever watch the Flintstone? Yeah. Like when you used to watch Fred Flintstone bowl, right? Yep. He had those twinkle toes. He yep. used to get up on those twinkle toes. Beep, 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 and, and kick it in the high gear. <laughs> kick it in the high gear. And he was, Fred Flintstone could have been a professional bowler, right? He, he was really good bowler, right? When he used to go play with the Moose Lodge guys and all yep. that. And so Zion has that same ability. I know this is not the analogy you expected. Uh, <laughs> the same ability that he has those twinkle toes. He has amazing control of his body for somebody of his size. So he has these like beautiful acrobatic ballet like layups which you you just don't 
expect for somebody that's like six six 300 pounds right you, you just don't expect that he is so it's just it's just an amazing athlete man just and i think perhaps after his his knee injury which you know i i missed but i'm sure there's so many more times he could dunk the ball if he wanted to yeah. But I think he's realizing, okay, I got to save my, my knees a little bit more. I can't be trying to dunk on everybody. Although I think not getting foul calls can bring that anger out of you. And, and perhaps we'll see more posters now because of that. But his ability to like shoot 61% at his height um, is still pretty amazing to me. You talk about the foul calls and the frustration sometimes. Of course, we go back to, unfortunately, we have to go back to Wednesday night in the Denver game where the, the two-minute report came out that Nikola Jokic did foul Zion on the very last player, one of the very last plays that could have uh, given him two free throws to tie up the ball game late in that game. And he still gets fouled. I think he is the second – he goes to the free throw line the second most in the league. I think Joel Embiid yeah. is number one. So it's not like – they're not calling fouls on them, but I feel like everyone, at least on the Pelicans, feels like it could be more. As far as officiating him, does it feel like it's getting to that shack level for refs that, you know, there's so much contact being drawn? And, of course, he goes downhill in the lane. Of course, there's going to be contact. Is it getting to the point where it's just hard for officials to feel like they could call it every time but are kind of afraid not to or afraid to do it every single time? Are you feeling like it's getting to that level yet of, you know, shack? I feel like it's just one of the hardest – players officiating the league are, are we getting to that point with Zion a little bit um unfortunately um when you're a big guy like that I think that um you're always going to get beat up and and a lot of times the referees just maybe they get tricked or they're like oh, I didn't get hit that hard like these are still human beings right they're not right. like they're not giant robots that don't feel anything. And, but for some reason, and this is um, spoken from a uh, former, uh, you know, small level college basketball player. He used to get hacked all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's funny about high school coach used to say, which I thought was brilliant for him to do was like, he wouldn't let me cry about getting fouled. And right. he was like, you, you're going to have to take it. You're going to have to take it. You're going to have to take the punishment because that's what comes with playing that position. And I think Zion understands that. I, I really liked his, um, the, his ability to be like, hey, I haven't earned it yet. Like, I, I love that humility from him. I do. Um, but at some point, that humility is going to turn into anger if he doesn't start getting those calls. And I, I could see him being like, all right, I'm just going to just dunk on people because to me, if he brings that back more often, like ain't nobody going to take no charge. Ain't nobody try to block. Like you, you already thinking about it already when you, you try to dunk, I mean, block his shot. There, there is a potential that a poster could be made and put on somebody's wall. Right. Oh yeah. When it comes with him. So, um, I just, uh, I, I, I'm curious to see how that advances and if fr frustration sets in. Because remember seeing what Barkley would get the same abuse, you know what I mean? 
um, mm-hmm. Carl Malone. Like, and so at some point, you know, you got to be fearful because that could turn to something that, if, if not controlled correctly by the referees, could turn into something bad. It's crazy you say that because I think last night when I was watching, might have been one of the few times that he actually stayed back on a play to voice his displeasure on a ref because he right he really doesn't do that so often. He kind of moves on, shrugs his shoulders and says, you know, what can I do? That just goes to show you his demeanor. And I think for a 20-year-old that is at the level he is as far as popularity around the league, already getting a shoe deal, um, I just feel like his demeanor is so much more different than – your normal, I guess, young superstar. Would you say that just as, you know, how he, you know, talks with the media, how his approach is, he, he kind of that quiet guy um, that you really don't see out of a guy that has a mega shoe deal already and, again, is on national TV so much. Do you see that same demeanor with him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he's a product of his environment. Like, we we forget that he's a, a small town, South Carolina. He does so. And I think that going to uh, New Orleans probably fit in easy with him. You know, you still, you see a lot of people that look like you. You see a lot of Southern things that he is probably accustomed to and used to. This is not New York. This is not, you know, L.A., Bay, Chicago. This is not a big market. Uh, So... I, 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 I don't think there is pressure to be some bombastic personality, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's the big easy. <laughs> it's <laughs> chill, man. Y'all, yeah, even when y'all excited, it's in a cool way. You right. know what I mean? Laid back. Like, yeah. So um, I think he his personality definitely, you know, fits into new orleans style and um i think he's um i wonder in time like if if that personality jumps out more um but i he to me is a guy that speaks with his his play more than he speaks out you know i I just think he's more i think he he is he is certainly very laid back and no, but, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that stardom changes that. No, I agree with you. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that continues, but I think with him it probably will. A couple more questions for you, Mark. I really appreciate the time on this Friday. When you're talking about young superstars like Zion and you see the, the records that he puts up or fastest to get here, or passes Michael Jordan for this, or is in the same category as Shaquille O'Neal, when you talk about young stars, I'm not talking about greatest players of all time because nowhere near comparing that until Zion gets later on in his career. But as far as guys in their first couple of years, or at least we're talking about through 82 games, where does Zion rank as a guy as far as just how unique he is and kind of how he compares to others uh, making their, you know, rising in their status as far as superstars are concerned? I guess maybe an unfair question, but do you see – not saying go compare him to Michael Jordan or Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, but where is he on that level? Maybe just through 82 games, you're like, yeah. man, we haven't seen this since this guy, or man, I, I can't believe we don't have a guy like this so young since this person. Is there anyone that sticks out to you as far as that, or maybe what category he falls in? Well, let's look at this. He, he's averaged 25.5 points and 6.9 rebounds while shooting 61% from the field through this his career. <laughs> it's pretty darn good 
<laughs> I mean, like, uh, that's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. You know, um, he's I, one I, of one, I, though, I right? I would it's... like to see, um, like, I don't know what Michael Jordan average or Chamberlain average, but just the fact that I had to like throw out the kind of like names yeah <laughs> you know uh it, it it's pretty amazing man like so i think the only person that that truly could stop him is him like he he just that good he's um gonna get better and as i said before i think my only worry for him is his body, his health, like he, he, that, that to me is something that he has to really, really, and, and, and like, it, it, you know, I know it's, it's hard talking about that stuff because I'm not trying to clown or anything like that, uh, but he's a big man, you know, and uh, when you have that kind of injury your first year, you know, you're a big guy like that. If, if he could, it's interesting as players get um, longer in the tooth in the league, like they seem to become like uh, like in, in in tip top shape. Like they put a lot of money and time and energy into their diets and into um, their condition and and their, their fitness and you know. So as long, I, I just really think that that's the only thing that can prevent him from being one of the all-time greats is, is his body failing him, which I, I, I'm knocking on wood. You hear that? Like, I, yeah, I do I'm hear not, it. I'm, I'm not rooting for that. I'm just being real like that. I just, other than that, I just, I, I believe he's completely unstoppable. When, when you hear some people talk about, and look at in, in this day and age with basketball and the NBA, Everyone's talking about big guys being shooters. <laughs> well, hey, hey, let me stop you real quick, all right? Yeah. So uh, while we were talking, um, I, I put this thing in comparison's career to, right, on basketball mm-hmm. reference. At, at, I don't know that based on what basketball reference is, um, showing um like I, I don't know that there's anybody that he he compares to wow you know um let's say how old is he now second season yeah he's 20 he's gonna be 21 soon yeah so i'm putting there um first career to second year get results there's nobody, according to basketball reference, there's nobody that their stats compare designs between the first and second year. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. But it, it is also interesting because we talk amongst us broadcasters, and I know Antonio Daniels of Pelicans TV's talked about it. You know, everyone wants to compare, and I've even asked a question, so I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it as well, but it kind of feels like Zion's a one of one. Like 
it's going to be really hard in 20 years if someone yeah. goes in and draft and go, this guy's the next Zion Williamson. It's the same thing with like, yeah. no one really says this is the next Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Like it's just, th- those are guys that there's really, you can't, I think it's really unfair to throw out comparisons. And I feel like that might be the case with him just because of yeah. his unique skill set and what he's yeah. been able to do in a short amount of time. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's certainly unique. Um, I um, definitely kind of um, compare him to um, – he, he reminds me a lot of, of Barkley. And I don't know if people throw that one out a lot, like just the size and the strength and the skill set, stuff like that. Um, he's, he's unique in his size. He's unique in his, you know, uh, ability to um, be athletic in the way that he's athletic. You know, um, he's, he's somebody at his size. You don't usually see that anymore. Typically, a man like him might be on the offensive line <laughs> or a right, defensive yeah. end, which I could only imagine, like, if he played for the Saints, like, what he would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we, we, in the offseason, man, we want you to play football. I'm curious to see what kind of ball player he, he'd be. But it, it's, it's you know, we still put everything in perspective. It's, it's year two. Exactly. It's early in his career. But to be averaging 26 in this league, through the course of 82 games is is extremely remarkable. No, I completely agree. And like, I if that's... I look at LeBron James, man, like, what did LeBron do his, his second year in the league? Um, he had, at the age of 20, I mean, <laughs> well, he averaged 27 yeah. and seven and seven. So that's pretty, you know, that, but that's the he, standard of which we are. He's we're a one of one as well, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So you look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan averaged 22 his rookie year. I mean, if we go to Will Chamberlain, Will Chamberlain averaged at the age of 23, just his rookie year, he averaged 37. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of one. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, right. He's 23 years, he's averaging 37. Yeah. Um, so my, my point is, the fact that we're like speaking it, throwing names out there, like I got to bring these kind of names out there, even if they exceed Zion, just the fact that I'm putting those names in the same sentences. It's, uh, it's pretty it's amazing. It is pretty yeah. amazing. And he, a lot of people already have a ceiling picked out for him, which I think is extremely unfair for a guy that's 20 years old. Yeah. Because again, you just, you just don't know what it's going to be like um, yeah. for him you know, but it is is really exciting. And uh, look, you gave us a great yeah. perspective from a national. But you standpoint. know, what, one thing if 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 yeah. if I do want to see more of from him, if, if I want to be picky, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see him for jump over ten rebounds a game. Yeah, and I think he'd want to say that too. I think rebounding yeah. is something that you know he'd probably want to. There's been a couple games lately; he's averaging only just a couple rebounds. Uh, per game and so yeah you know I, I think that's fair to say about something that uh, he would like to improve on as well and so I don't yeah. think you're too far off of that so no. um, yeah. Mark I really appreciate the time uh, look this is a very I wouldn't say special day but it's just interesting to look back at his first 82 games even just the wild journey he's been through in his first 
couple of years in the league just based on COVID protocols, going to the bubble, uh, missing a half of his first season. Um, it's been a yeah. wild ride, and it's probably going to be a wild ride. But I really appreciate your perspective, and I hope everyone goes online and follows him on Twitter. Of course, it's Mark J. Spears, Mark with a C, senior NBA writer for ESPN's The Undefeated. You can log on to theundefeated.com. Does great work covering uh, the National Basketball Association. Mark, uh, I hope to see you when you do come in May. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care now. There he goes, Mark Spears from ESPN's The Undefeated. We appreciate you tuning into the Friday podcast. We'll be back on Monday, two big games Monday and Tuesday night. Pelicans will take on the Golden State Warriors, and hopefully Pelicans can win tomorrow at Minnesota, 7 p.m. Central. You can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans or ESPN New Orleans. 100.3 FM. That's where you can listen to the broadcast, but a very big game for the Pelicans. Very two important games. That's also if they can stay within three. The Golden State Warriors do play Houston tomorrow night, and the Pelicans do play Minnesota. So if all goes well, New Orleans could be three back with eight games to go starting on Monday, and you still play Golden State twice, a doubleheader or back-to-back on May 3rd and May 4th, and then they wrap up the season series on May 14th in san francisco so we will have some coverage for you on monday we hope you can join us on the radio or the television tomorrow night against the minnesota timberwolves also be sure to log on to pelicans.com or the pelican mobile app jim eichenhofer goes takes a really deep dive as zion williamson through 82 games you don't want to miss that as well until monday i'm daniel salerson thanks for listening to the pelican podcast presented by seeking